0: Well, this is 2023. Not sure where all of 2022 went, but I guess that's okay. Uh, We'll leave that up to God. Um, I would like to ask you a question. If somebody would ask you, how many things can you share? where God has answered your prayer in detail, what would you say? Have you experienced deliverance this year? Have you experienced an answer to prayer? I think we have. But when we really think about that, could I really share something in detail? And I started to think that through, and I was like, what would I say? Now, did God answer my prayers? Yeah. But you know, I started thinking about that, and I thought, you know, it does us good to reflect on what God has done for us, but I'd like to just share some thoughts this morning about finding answers, Um, and and it has somewhat to do in reflecting on on our past, I think, uh, or what God has done for us, you know. We face a lot of questions in life on a daily basis, and and, uh, and many times we're like, "What do I do now?" Uh, we ask that question, and that's not a wrong question. Um, in fact, and many times I think it's a good question. But the, you know, so what's the answer? Well, <clears throat> I think there are a couple ways we find answers uh, to our questions. Obviously. You know, we have God's Word, so, so that's laid out. But there are times when we simply have to hear what God is telling us through the voice of His Spirit rather than um, things that are not just actually laid out and spelled out as it were. And so we have to understand that at times God is the one that has to show me what to do. And, uh, and I have to be open to that. <clears throat> you know... The questions we face in life can be things like um, a financial setback, and how do I navigate through it? Uh, what, what would God have me to do? And we don't always have an answer to that the next day. Sometimes that takes a while. You know, <clears throat> am I lacking spiritual victory, and how do I find my way back? Um, you know, I can face discouragement at times in. The question can come maybe more to young people. Maybe as we get older, we face this question a little less. But you know that we can get the, to the idea of well, I, I can't make it. I can't. I, I can never win this battle. I, I'm just no good. And, and and that thought comes. And and but we have to understand where that thought is coming from. You know that thought doesn't come from God, but He does tell us in Ephesians. Six, he says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world. So, if we think about the rulers of the darkness of this world and the principalities and powers, what is their job? Well, it's to instill that thought into our lives, inject that thought into our lives. Uh, you know, their job is not to promote faith and love and holiness, their job is to promote Unbelief, uh, pride, uh, anger, hatred—you know—all the things that go against God. That, that's that's their job. That's what they do. And so, if we think of if we think of life in that perspective, it, it sometimes helps us to understand that God is, after all, the answer, and He does have the answer, um, <clears throat> even though it doesn't always look that way to us. But when we understand the enemy is coming at us and he's saying what about this, what about that uh, you know you were a failure you know it's, it's thoughts that sometimes go through our minds and, and we don't always know where to go with all those things and we, we can struggle with them they're, they're very real answer questions that come at times and so how do we how do we navigate through these questions? How do we find answers? Um, and so, but as I was yesterday, I I spent quite a bit of time going through through this and this morning it changed again. And I was like, well, how am I gonna share all this? So I, I have some notes written out that weren't in, in order to me, but, but I'll try to navigate through it as best I can. Um, <clears throat> I think there's three basic things that help us find our way. And um, in the, there could be more and, and at testimony time if something comes to your mind and you, that God puts in your heart that I don't say. Please feel free to share it because it is a time of helping each other, encouraging each other. Uh, it's not just what I have to share. So um, the, three, the three areas that I thought about as I, as I was reflecting on this idea of, of uh, you know, finding answers. First one is obviously how much time do I spend in prayer and seeking God? And we we'll want to look at some scriptures there. The second one is remembering what God has done for me. Now, the reason I think that one is important is because if I see, if I'm thinking and reflecting on on, uh, what God has done for me this past year, when I face something next year, my faith is increased because I'm remembering that God did this for me back here. So he can see me through over here. And so it, it strengthens our faith. And I want to look at some scriptures that will help us to, to see that happen. It did happen in scripture. So, and then the third one is remembering his promises um, and what, what he has, his, has promised to, to his people. <clears throat> You know, within us um, Romans Romans 7 gives us this this picture of of a person who is struggling to to find his way through life in in not not finding an answer and in, in verse 24 he says oh wretched man that I am and so he says, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? And so he was, he's, he's, he's looking at it and saying, but I don't have the answer to my own need. And, but, you know, in Romans 8, he says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. So, so he's completely turning the other direction, and, and he's saying, but if you're living a life filled with the Spirit, there is no condemnation there. However, we're all human, and so we all face questions at times. And, and as I mentioned a little earlier, you know, the the, the principalities and powers around us, their job is to, to try to create unbelief, to try to create chaos in our mind and uh, To to pull us down to pull us away from God whatever that looks like they don't promote love and peace and faith but as we we reflect on God and who he is that is who he is he is love scripture tells us that he brings joy he brings peace and, and the enemy brings completely the opposite and so Because we are flesh and blood, we face questions at times that we don't always have answers for right away. And, and, uh, you know, that may be how we relate to circumstances around us. That may be um, what I allow my family to do or what somebody else, you know, we don't always end up at the same place. And, And the things we grow up with sometimes affect the choices we make. And those aren't all wrong things. I don't I don't think that's necessarily wrong, but a, uh, but we need we need God's guidance in those things. You know, we need to hear what the Spirit is telling us, what God is telling us, rather than our own <clears throat> inclinations. Um, let's see here. Let's go to In Matthew 26, um, verse 41, I want to read that verse. Uh, This is one of them I didn't print. So, this is Jesus' words to to, uh, to a couple of the disciples there. And he he says, "Um, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? It's in verse 40, verse 41, watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The Spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And so Jesus understanding our human makeup. He understands our frame. He understands our temptation, where we're coming from. And He's he's saying, He tells the the disciples here two things. He, He says to watch, and then He says to pray. And what does He, why does He say that? He says, lest ye enter into temptation, so, uh, or that ye enter not into temptation. So, he, he's, he's telling us here, I think, to be watchful, but to spend time communicating with God. Uh, because that is one of the ways in which we uh, find uh, help in time of need, if you want to say it that way. In the words prayer, he says, lead us not into temptation. So again, he in the thought of praying, he's and we talked about there, Dave shared some on that Wednesday the evening, uh, about prayer and uh, and seeking seeking um, God through prayer. And so the the two verses are giving us the thought the idea to seek him because through prayer. Because that is how we communicate with him, and it allows him to speak to us. <clears throat> In Ephesians 6, uh, verse 18, that is that's not the verse I wanted. Down, right. Oh yeah, I did. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And so, this we could we could look at this a little bit uh, in two ways. I think uh, it is it is the thought of continuing in prayer, the thought of praying for others, other believers. Um, and, and those around us um, for, for other spiritual needs. Um, let's look at a, in Acts 13. Here we here we have a, a, another thought of of hearing God, and this is more of a collective thought. But I think it can uh, apply to us on an individual basis as well. He says. Now there were in the church that was in Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon, which that was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, and Manon, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. They ministered to the Lord and fasted. The Holy Ghost said, "'Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them.' And when they had fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them, they sent them away." So this was a collective effort here, um, and but I think it can I think we can get a principle from it that applies to us as as individuals too. Um, so in this collective effort, it says that they they uh, ministered to the Lord, which I would I would take that to say they were seeking God. Um, it says they fasted. It, it was in it was in that. In that mode, I guess you could say, or or their worship, as they as they collectively sought God's will, he he revealed to them that he wanted them to separate Barnabas and Saul for the work. And so, it doesn't exactly tell us, you know, how did they arrive at the conclusion um, that that God wanted them to do something. It seems uh, it seems like we can conclude that from the scripture that that they had a vision that God was laying something on their hearts and and at the point at the time, probably not knowing what that was, but as they sought him in, uh, in worship and, and in fastings and prayers, God revealed what he wanted them to do, and he said, Separate Barnabas and Saul for the work and so he called Barnabas and Saul here through their collective efforts. And I think we can learn from that, that even though there may be, there may be times when, um, you know, we, we collectively seek God for something, but I think we can learn from it individually as well. It is a way in which we understand God. It is a way in which we allow Him to speak to us. Um, and, and He can reveal Himself to us um, and show us what He wants from us. <clears throat> now, let's go to the, to the thought of um, remembering what God has done for us. Go back to uh, Matthew 14. We'll be reading some scripture. We'll be reading a little bit in Matthew 14 if you want to turn there. <clears throat> Let's move, go down to verse 13. Let's read this, this account here. It's a familiar account, but I want us to get, to, I want us to get a, a little bit of a picture here. Verse thirteen: When Jesus heard of it, he departed thence by ship into a desert place apart. And when the people heard thereof, they followed him on foot out of the cities. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude, and was moved with compassion toward them, and healed their sick. When it was evening, his disciples came to him, saying, This is a desert place, and the time is now past. Send the multitudes away, that they may go into the villages and buy themselves victuals. But Jesus said unto them, They need not depart, give ye them to eat. And they said unto him, We have here but five loaves and two fishes. He said, Bring them hither to me. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass And he took the five loaves and the two fishes, and looking up to heaven he blessed, and break, and gave the loaves to his disciples, and the disciples to the multitude. And they did all eat, and were filled, and they took up of the fragments that remained, twelve baskets. And they that had eaten were about five thousand men, beside women and children. You know, you look at what happened here think about this for a minute so there's 5,000 men plus women and children so it could have been a crowd of 20 plus thousand people there, who knows Uh, it doesn't really tell us that but if you just add 5,000 men, 5,000 women and you add that they each would have had two children there, that would be 20,000 and could have easily been more so in reality, you think, think about it, How many truckloads of bread would that have been? I don't know. I didn't try to figure that out, but it would have been a lot of bread. Um, so there was a lot that happened here in a the, in the really short time. And uh, They had meat, and they had bread, and it says they were all filled. And then he picks up 12 baskets. This is what they had left over. Now well, let's keep reading. Verse 22, a straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into his ship to go before him unto the other side, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit, and they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. And when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. And they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. Now think about Peter's response here, less than twelve hours after these truckloads of bread he'd forgot who Jesus was did he it seems like he did you know he had just seen Jesus do this awesome miracle of feeding these 20 some thousand people and here he is he steps out of the boat he believed Jesus at that point but when the wave came he no longer saw Jesus he saw the wave he saw what was happening around him. You know, he got his eyes off of the one that was sufficient to feed these thousands of people. He got his eyes off of who Jesus was and on to the circumstances around him. And he completely forgot what had just happened, probably less than 12 hours ago. Uh, don't quite have a way to know that exactly, but... Probably not much more than that. And so it shows us how forgetful we really can be. You know, we see God doing something for us, and the next day something comes up, and we forget it. And sometimes we, you know, after a bit it's like, well, yeah, God answered my prayer yesterday. And here I am, wandering around, trying to find my way through, and I'm completely forgetting what He just did. You know, the children of Israel in the wilderness, they they were actually a lot the same way. You know, they came up to the Red Sea, and um, Pharaoh's army was coming, and the Red Sea was before them. They saw God open the way, and they walked through there on dry land, and three days later they were whining at Moses. Why'd you bring us here in the wilderness when I made water, how quickly they forgot, and they had just seen the sea open up. They walked through on dry land, and there they were, coming through the other side, forgetting about who God was and what he had just done and and as I thought about that i I, th- I was just like I was, I just, it just it just seemed like. Uh, you know, our lives are so, and, and so many times we're, we're so much like that. Um, <clears throat> God does something for us, He answers our prayer. There's, there's that miracle there, and a day later, two days later, whatever. And we can't see that anymore. We completely forget it. And, and, we're, and all we're seeing is just the next wave that's coming at us. But God wants us to to think about that. He wants us to understand that He can deliver us. You know, David had that. He had the correct vision. When he he went to face the giant, what did he think about? He thought about the lion and he thought about the bear. And he said, when the bear came, the lion came, the Spirit of God came upon him, Scripture says, and he was able to, to kill both of those animals. And so he looked at Goliath and he said but God delivered me from the bear delivered me from the lion he can deliver me from the Goliath. He, you know he saw what God had done and he remembered what God had done and so he looked at Goliath he looked at God he said I have faith in the God of, of Abraham Isaac and Jacob and I'm going to move ahead. I'm not afraid of the giant. And uh, and so He looked at at what God had done. He remembered what God had done. And it gave him the faith to move ahead. And I think as we reflect on God and we reflect on on what He's done for us in the past, it helps us to have that faith and that confidence that I can move ahead with God. God can deliver me. God can make a way in uh, And he can do what he wants to do with the circumstances that he's allowed to to come into my life. Now, let's look at a man who remembered God's promises. Um, Abraham. So, these verses I have typed out here, so it won't take me as long to read these. But in uh, Genesis 21... Uh, we want to look at, uh, at what God said here first, uh, Genesis twenty-one verse twelve. And God said unto Abraham, "Let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad, talking about Ishmael, because of thy bondwoman and all that Sarah saith. Said unto thee, hearken unto her voice. For in Isaac shall thy seed be called." So here's here's the promise. Here's what God is telling him. He's saying, "In Isaac, you see that that is that is." Where your seed will come from. And then we go to chapter 22, verse 1. This is where God says, Go sacrifice Isaac. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, Get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning, saddled his ass, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for a burnt offering, and rose up, and went into the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes, and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide you here with the ass and I and the lad will go yonder and worship, and come again to you. Now, think about what God had just told him, what I read there in chapter 21. He said, For in Isaac shall this seed be called. So here it seems like Abraham is remembering what God said. He didn't know what that meant, but he was already claiming the promise that God had given. Verse 6, And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering, and laid it upon Isaac his son. And he took fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac speaking to Abraham his father, and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And here we see Abraham's confidence. And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. Seems like Isaac didn't question what Abraham told him here. And they came to the place which God had told him of, and Abraham built an altar there, and laid the wood in order, and bound Isaac his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand, took the knife to slay his son. Then the angel of the Lord called him to him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, and he said, Here am I. He said, "'Lay not thine hand upon the lad, "'neither do thou anything unto him, "'for now I know that thou fearest God, "'seeing thou hast not withheld thine only son from me.'" That's as far as I'll read there. Go to Hebrews 11, verse 17. "'By faith Abraham, when he was tried, "'offered up Isaac, "'and he that had received the promises "'offered up his only begotten son. "'Of whom it was said, "'that in Isaac shall thy seed be called Accounting that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. And so we see the New Testament gives us a glimpse here of the, of the thought that he looked at God as you can do what you promised to do. When he walked up that mountain, when those two went up that mountain to worship, he didn't know what God was going to do. But he looked at God in faith and he said, you told me in Isaac. And so he looked at God's promise and he said, it doesn't matter. I'm going to do what you've told me to do. Whether you raise him from the dead or what your plan is, I'm still going to do what you've told me to do. And so he claimed God's promise and he said, you've told me this is your plan. You've told me this is how you plan to fulfill that plan that my seed will come from Isaac. And so because he didn't know what that would look like and how God was going to do that but he claimed his promise. He claimed him as the one who could do what he wanted to do. And so, claiming the promise, you know, we have to look at God's Word and say, but God said, we have to go the same way Abraham did. We claim the promise of God for our own, for our life. We, we see Him as the one who is able. You know, <laughs> the Lord's Prayer says, lead us not into temptation. So, do we claim that promise? Um, you know, we, we're forgetful humans, and so often we forget what God did. But you know, it's, the th- the, it's spending time with the Lord, whether that means prayer life, reading scripture, whatever that looks like, however, however that works out in our lives. Um, remembering what He has done in the past, reaching out to Him in faith. You know, First Corinthians thirteen talks about faith, hope, charity. The greatest is charity, but he mentions faith. It is a vital part of who we are, and and we look at life that way. And it, uh, I remember, I remember years ago, um, when we still lived in Ohio, um, a brother on his deathbed was asked the question. He said. It, where's your faith? He said, my faith is anchored in Jesus Christ. And he only had a day or two to live after that. But it was a confidence in who God was and in what God was able to do for him. He had claimed that promise. And so, in confidence, he held on to that. And we need to be the same way. We need to have that confidence in God that He is able to deliver us. He is able to see us through We don't always see the answer, Abraham didn't see the answer. He didn't know what God was going to do. We don't always know what God is going to do. Um, You know we sometimes get to the point where we want to put God in this box. We want to make Him do what we think He should be doing and fitting our plan. We have this plan and we think He should fit our plan. But well, really we have that kind of turn around there. We need to fit His plan. And we need to let Him shape us to fit His plan. Not us making God fit our plan. And so as we face 2023, let's reflect on what God has done for us in 2022. Um, and, and seek Him. Seek His face. You know, it's it's when we seek Him that He's able to reveal Himself to us. Um, if we're not seeking Him He's not going to reveal Himself to us. It's not going to happen. Uh, he's, we're going to wonder where God went. But He is able to deliver. Um, and so, you know do we struggle to find answers? Sometimes we just have to be patient. Sometimes those answers don't come right away. But as we can reflect on his past deliverances the way David did and claim his promises the way Abraham did, that is a path forward because we're claiming what God wants to give us. But too often we, we don't accept what God wants to give us because we already have a plan. But if we can lay our plan aside and understand that God has a plan and when I'm in that plan, when that plan is part of my life, that's where the blessing is. And so we need the Spirit of God to give us the answers at times. At times there's no one that can reveal to us the answer except God. Um, Sometimes we can have counsel with brothers or or sisters or something and and we can get help we can find some guidance. But there are times when only God can answer the question and, and we have to be able to hear Him and it's as we, as we walk with Him and, uh, and remember what He's done for us, it's there that we can find, find that help. Well, kind of in a little bit, maybe closing, um, Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 2. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, and the sin with doth doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of God. You know, Hebrews 11 gives us a picture of people who moved ahead in faith. And while it doesn't give us a lot of details there in Hebrews 11, we can find those details in the Old Testament. Um, but he's, and so those, those details are there to encourage us, to remind us that God saw these people through their circumstances, and he can see us through our circumstances. Whatever that looks like in our lives, and you know the Jesus, he's he's the author and finisher of our faith. Um, it was it was it's his work, it's his church, and we're just a part of his plan, and and so. We can be part of that plan if we allow Him to do His work in our lives. Or we can do our own thing and not be part of that plan either. But, you know, in the, the children of Israel, in their experience there in the wilderness when those fiery serpents came, what did they do? They looked at that brass serpent there on the cross. And that, that, it was that look of faith that healed them and allowed them to, to find restoration and, and so, he's, I think the challenge to us is, are we looking to Jesus? You know, this verse tells us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And so, let's have a faith that is strong. Let's have a faith that remembers His work, what He's done for us. Let's have a faith that claims those promises and allows God to do that work in our lives. He wants to do the work. Um, that is His heart. But... Too many times, our own will gets in the way, and uh, and so I think the more we can walk with God and allow God to just work in our hearts and to change us, to shape us, to be like Him, that is where God wants to wants us to be, and that is His blessing. May God bless each of you for being here.